0: Our text this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Our text this morning, the Holy Spirit uses several contrasts. He talks about the corruptible versus the incorruptible, the cheap things versus the priceless, and how there's life even when the world will continue to pass away. See, the Bible, that word of God that endures forever, shows us that every aspect of our lives falls short in every way before God. And yet, Jesus did not fall short. And what we have done and what Jesus has done are two completely different things. And yet, because Jesus did not fall short in what it is he set out to do, we receive the benefits we receive the blessings that God has given to us, and he does it for Jesus' sake. So Jesus takes away that contrast that we have, and he has put us right with God. Now, the original audience of this text, the uh, the Aspera Jews, they would have been more familiar with this concept of sin and the effects of it. Um, and sin is that missing of the mark, as we're told. It's not what God wants from anyone. He wants people to hit the bullseye each and every time. They did not hit that mark. They were sinners. And we look at ourselves, our aim is horrible too. We have consistently missed that mark that God has set out. So that contrast between sin and holiness and the scales do not tip in our favor when we look at it. One sin is all it takes to be damned, and we were born in sin. So naturally, in sin, we are dead, and those that came before us were dead, too. And that's why the first words of this text this morning are so important. The immediate problem is that we are all unworthy to pay that steep price that is needed for our redemption. Now many throughout the ages have taught and believed that they could pay that price. But the text tells us that gold and silver cannot pay for it. We can look at setting up fundraisers, helping charities, or putting generous amounts of money in the offering plate at church. These can all be used for good things, but none of these things can wash away our sin. All of these things at the end of the day are earthly. They're corruptible. Money will not last forever. And we're told that it will fade away in time, just as we will. Well, Peter then goes on to talk about the traditions of the fathers. Again, this is something that would make a little more sense in context to the diaspora Jews because they were more familiar with these traditions that were being talked about. Coming through the books of Moses, it's plain to see that those traditions were rigorous and intense. The idea seems so foreign to us because it's because it is. But it's something that they had to follow to a T. There was no room for imperfection. And the Bible shows us that painstaking detail that they were to follow, and there were no doubt other things that they had to follow as well. We still observe traditions today but in light of everything, they are just as weak. Peter goes on to call it aimless conduct. So a few questions we might ask ourselves are, why are we Lutherans? Is it because it's our common confession of faith, or is it because grandpappy came off the boat all those years ago, and we just haven't changed it? Is our confirmation a confirmation of our faith, or Is it just another milestone in our life that we have to cross in order to keep going? In Jesus' time, the Jews observed over 600 rules and not a single one of them could save them. Narrowed down to 10 rules, we have all still fallen short. When the rich young ruler er, asked Jesus what he needed to do to be saved, Jesus told him to sell what he had and give it to the poor because he supposedly kept all of these other rules that he had from his youth. The young ruler didn't want to part with his money and he walked away upset. Or consider the lawyer who asked Jesus what the greatest commandment of all was. And Jesus narrowed it down to two things. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart All your soul with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And even down to two commandments, everyone has failed to keep them. So we spoke earlier of these contrasts, and the only contrast we can see from that viewpoint of sin is darkness. There is no hope for anything. Our money is worthless, our works are worthless. It's all aimless, futile. But Peter goes on. He continues by saying, we're not redeemed by these things because they are worthless, but we're redeemed with that precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Those Old Testament sacrifices that they had to follow to a T that had to be perfect. They were not perfect. But they pointed to someone that was coming that would be perfect. And Jesus was that sacrifice. He was the lamb without spot, without blemish. He loved his heavenly father, and he loved his neighbor. The two commandments that the law and the prophets hung on. He kept all of the commandments that were given on Mount Sinai. He broke absolutely no law that God had. He hit that bullseye each and every time gold and silver, works and traditions, all these things that we see as viable payments in our lives are not worthy enough to redeem us or to save us from sin and death. And so we have this contrast that is seen nowhere else in history. We were purchased from these things by blood. And it was the precious blood of our Lord and Savior. It was God made man, and by His blood, We are set free from sin's shackles and death's dominion. In his death, Jesus took away our sin. And it wasn't just a spur-of-the-moment decision on God's part either. Only that pure and precious blood could reconcile fallen mankind with God. And whenever people make this argument that God is a bully or a cosmic child abuser, they completely forget that Jesus knew exactly what was going on. He humiliated himself and took on the form of mankind. He became fully man while still being fully God. He went through the trials and temptations of this world like any other man. He endured scorn and ridicule. He went uncomplaining to the cross on Good Friday, and he did all of this without sinning. He died for all of our sins, and in his death, he did take away the sin of the world. The contrast between Christ and us is no doubt beyond recognition. That he died when he deserved to live is tragic sounding. That we should receive life when we deserve death is an injustice. And we can't even have the nerve to call it a trade off because a trade would imply that we offered something to him and we offered nothing. But thank God for such an undeserved gift. On Easter morning, Christ himself contrasted everything that everyone knew about death by rising again from the grave. Death itself could not hold him down. Christ lives. And in his resurrection, we too live. He gives us life. It seems like a contrast to us. God is righteous and just to punish sinners, yet he punished his own son in our place. But in God, there is no contrast. What he says, he means. We are rescued by his sacrifice. We can expect life and resurrection on that last day. And even now, we have life. Amen. We conclude by singing hymn 141, verses 3 and 4.